0: welcome to the city hills church sermon podcast we hope that the message today helped you encounter god love people and discover purpose for more information about who we are as a church head over to cityhillschurchsd.com if you would like to partner with us financially click the give button at the top of the homepage on our website and now let's jump right into the message
1: Well, good morning and welcome to City Hills Church Online. We're so excited to have you guys join us here today as we continue on with our series, Did Not See That Coming. And you know, I've heard people say over the years, oh, the Bible's kind of boring. I couldn't disagree with you more. There are so many times that I'm reading the word and it's like, wow, I really did not see that coming. And so I wanna share a story with you that um, for some of you that maybe have been, you know, in church for a long time, the story of Lazarus and his two sisters are very familiar to you as it is to me. And maybe you're just beginning your journey with God and you're just starting to get into the word and this one, you know, is not something that's been on your radar. But I have to tell you, for me, this is a story that I have read and probably preached from, you know, dozens of times. It's such a familiar story to me and yet early last year I was reading this story and some of the verses just jumped off the page at me and I really want to share that with you today and I, I really believe that it's going to help you. So to begin give you a little bit of foundation Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, lived in a town called Bethany. It's about two miles from Jerusalem, and they became really good friends with Jesus. The thing that some of you may not understand is Jesus didn't have an address. You know, he, he he didn't have a home that he went to every night. He and his disciples wandered from, you know, purposefully, but went from town to town ministering and healing the sick and you know, bringing, healing in so many ways and and bringing the love of God to people. Sometimes they had no place to stay. Sometimes they slept outside. But whenever he was in Bethany, he had a place to stay because this particular family and and had such a love for him and would offer him a place to stay. There became a, a really strong relationship there. And in fact, the Bible talks about him being very close with this family. So think about a close friend that comes to your house. They've been there a hundred times before, you know, they kick off their shoes and they're really comfortable. Well, that's what it was like with Jesus. There was such a relationship built there, such a trust, such a love and caring there. And I can't think of that story without thinking of one of my pastors, uh, years ago, um, Lamar and Juanita Brownlow became our pastors in New Orleans, um, quite a few years ago. And instantly there was just, it was like love at first sight for the four of us. We just connected in such a deep way. In fact, the very first time that Lamar and Juanita came to our house, uh, Lamar just made himself at home. He took his shoes off, he grabbed the remote, and I remember Danny was a young teenager at the time, and he was like, what is happening right now? Why is my pastor doing this? But my favorite Lamar story is we were at another friend's house, all of us together eating after church one Sunday, and my friend Gretchen, whose house it was, walked into her kitchen and there was Lamar, like a kid caught with his hand in the cookie jar, with a spoon and a jar of peanut butter. You know, like that kind of comfort level. So Jesus loved this family, frequently visited and stayed with this family. And it's important to understand that as we go forward. It's really important for us to understand that because it's, it's the basis of what this story is about. So let's start. Um, John is uh, one of the disciples that we call it one of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the uh, New Testament that really talks about and tells the story of Jesus when he was here on earth. So that's where we're going to be today. In the New Testament, in the book of John, we're going to start in chapter 11. It says, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent to him and said, Lord, the one you love is very ill. So this is important to understand. There, there were no Ubers. There was no getting in a car and going to where Jesus was. They sent a messenger running on foot, you know, for, for probably about 30 miles away from where Jesus was from Bethany. So this was urgent, and the message was urgent. Your your friend, Lazarus, who you love, is very sick. Verse four says, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness is not going to lead to death. It's for the glory of God, so the Son of God will be glorified through it. Okay, so we have to believe that Jesus knew what he was talking about, that Lazarus was not going to die, Everyone expected him to pack up his bags and get the disciples together and take off running for Bethany. But that's not what happened. But the very next two verses, verses five and six, are what really came alive for me early last year. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Why John felt the need to repeat that again? It's like, okay, John, We've got it. We've established that Jesus loved this family, right? But there was a reason why, and I believe it was for me and it's going to be for you today that John through the the the, you know, the guidance of the Holy Spirit wrote that because it's important. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus verse 5 says and verse 6 says, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I gotta tell you, I, I have never understood that verse until, like I said, early last year. Wait a minute, right? <laughs> you love this family, and because you love this family, you're going to stay longer where you are. It's interesting to note, to go back to that verse five though, that before Jesus decided what he was going to do, John wrote, Jesus loved Lazarus and his sister, Martha and Mary. Why is this important? Listen to this truth, because we will all have those times in our lives as believers that Jesus is going to stay longer in the place where he is so to speak instead of rushing to answer our prayer. It doesn't it doesn't compute, right? It doesn't make sense. And in some instances, it almost sounds cruel unless you know the rest of the story. And that is a lesson that I know my heart has had to learn over the last eight or nine months. And I know it's a lesson that I want so much to to have you see because it could change your life. I certainly couldn't have seen the rest of my story nine months ago when, when God decided that it was time for Bud to come home. I could not have seen that coming, not for a million years. But you see, when heartache and loss comes, it may seem cruel, but at times, God, I don't understand. Why didn't you answer that urgent prayer? We're crying out to you. You know, why didn't you answer that? But it's, it's, it's so important for us to go back to that verse five. Jesus loved this family. Jesus loves you. He loves me. He loves us all but we could not have seen this coming, but we don't know the rest of the story. We could not have seen the incredible things that God has done in the lives of our family and and Bud's family, even through this tragedy. We could not have seen the good that he could bring from it. I know that he loves us. How do I know that? Let me share with you a a Psalm that has always been a favorite of mine, but one that has definitely been with me over the last year. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, "'For you created my inmost being. "'You knit me together in my mother's womb.'" Think about the the personal touch that you feel there, that God did not just stamp out model after model after model of each of us. We were uniquely knit together. Can you imagine that? in our mother's womb. He goes on to say, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all my days that were ordained were written in a book before one of them came to be. That speaks to me that nothing ever takes God by surprise, including loss in, of any kind or heartache or, or anything that we will go through. All of our days are written before one of them has come to be. And my favorite, my last two favorite verses in this uh, chapter that I want to share with you is how precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand when I awake. I am still with you." Think about that. For those of us that are, you know, fortunate enough to live in San Diego, live around beaches, we're surrounded by them. Think about the grains of sand, right? When you're out on the beach in La Jolla or Coronado or, or anywhere around this beautiful state. Think about the grains of sand. That is how the psalmist is explaining the thoughts of God for us, about us. Can you imagine that? So we go back to our story and and understanding that he knows our days from beginning to end. He knows our story. He knows what's coming next. He loved them and he knew what he was going to do. Verse 11 says, After saying these things, he said to them, he said to his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Okay. They're like, I'm um, sorry, Lord. What? what? <laughs> the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, we can just, he'll recover. He'll be fine. But Jesus was speaking about his death, but they thought that he meant that Lazarus was just taking a rest in this illness. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Let us go. Let's break that down a little. My dad always says, got to break that down into small change here. You know, there's a lot right there. First of all, Jesus has so many characteristics that we see, you know, as, as his life is unfolded in the four gospels. There's so many sides to him that you know, are, are amazing. But this one is kind of funny. This is kind of like Jesus saying, I'm trying to be deep and spiritual here. And you're just not getting it guys. Lazarus has died. He's like, you know, let me just speak it as plainly as I possibly can. Cause you're not getting it. But in this particular case, it's hard to be upset with the disciples because Jesus was the one who said he wasn't going to die. What do you, what do you mean? He died. Did you not know that this was coming? So listen to this. Jesus decided it was not necessary to run to his side, but now he's saying he has died. So they were shocked when they realized that's what he was saying. But they didn't know the rest of the story. And then he drops this bombshell on them. He tells them that he's glad he wasn't there because then they would believe who he was. Hold up. These are men who left everything, families, careers, everything to follow him. They ate with him. Wherever he went, wherever he laid his head at night, they were there. He saw the, the ministry going on. He saw the people heal. They were with him night and day. They were together talking, ministering together. They never left his side. They were with him all the time. And so this is important for us to understand that even these men who, with, who were with Jesus all the time, day in and day out for the roughly three and a half years of his earthly ministry, still had doubts about who he was. Why is that important to us as believers today? Because I have to tell you through the last eight or nine months, it has been difficult not to doubt God, not to doubt his love and doubt who he is. And like Danny said at Bud's Memorial, that's okay. God is big enough to handle that. And, and by no means is it okay to stay in that doubtful place, but it's okay to have our doubts from time to time because Jesus has a plan. He has, he knows what he's going to do. He knows the rest of the story. Verse 17, we continue with our story. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. So when Martha heard, can you imagine the commotion for the two miles leading from Jerusalem to, to Bethany, Martha knew instantly when Jesus was coming because the crowd was behind them. She went and met him, but Mary remained in the house seated and weeping. Even though we know and believe that Jesus loves us, doesn't always mean it's easy to trust, right? Right? Because there's going to be times like this when we don't understand what God is doing. We can't see the rest of our story. So we think about Mary who stayed seated in the house. She loved Jesus. She trusted Jesus. They had a relationship, but she decided to stay. She felt let down. Why do you think she stayed, right? She felt let down. She felt like Jesus had failed her somehow. I can tell you, our family has felt that. It's like, God, what were you thinking? What were you thinking that day? None of us were prepared for this. My family, Bud's family, you know, there's there's definitely been that, wait a minute, God, what's, what's going on here? We don't always understand his ways. Was she angry? Was she hurt? Was she disappointed? We're all going to feel that way at times. And listen, it doesn't need to be an illness or something as tragic as the loss of a close loved one. It could be a marriage that's broken. It could be a child that's in full blown rebellion that is breaking your heart. It could be the rejection, a job loss. There's so much going on still with the pandemic around us. There's so much heartache, there's so much uncertainty. We've talked about it time and time again. There's definitely going to be times in our lives when we doubt who God is. And sometimes I think about it in that way, if the disciples who were with him, living with him, eating with him day in and day out for three and a half years doubted him at times, then it's okay. You know, it's okay for us at times. We just can't stay there because he knows, again, the rest of our story. So think about it. Where does your heart turn when trouble comes? Maybe you're like Mary. Maybe you stay seated because maybe inside you, you feel like, I know Jesus can do something. I believe him. I trust in him. But maybe he's just not willing to do it for me. And if you're anything like me, then you go into fix-it mode. Well, okay, I've been praying this prayer for a long time. Maybe Jesus wants me to just do this on my own, right? And I, I start to get myself all in the mix. But you see what I have learned the hard way? And I'll save you the heartache of doing this. When we do that, when we take things into our own hands, when we rush things along, what we do is we miss out on the rest that comes from knowing and trusting God completely that everything is under His control and that He has a plan. Because you see, wherever there's doubt, usually fear is not far behind. And fear is something that can just capture us in a way that God never intended for us to live. Go back to those verses. Because Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he stayed. Because he had something in mind that they could not have seen coming. So let's understand this truth. And this is something that has really settled in me here lately. We need to understand it this way. Even though you are ready, it may not be time. And you're like, well, Mary, what does that mean? How do, you, how do I... Put that into my day-to-day life. Right now, I am waiting daily with great anticipation of being able to go home to where Bud and I called home home, which is Utila in the Caribbean. I think about it. I dream about it. I've planned for it. I'm, I'm just about ready to buy those tickets for the summer. Now, I can Purchase those tickets, everything, all of the accommodations, everything is ready for me. Everyone knows we're coming. I can have that all planned out, but it's not going to happen until June or July. But back in March, I could pack my bags. I can pack everything. My toothbrush, you know, that last thing that you throw in before you take off. My toothbrush, I could have it all ready, packed up. I could be at the airport I could be sitting at the airport three months ahead. I can be ready, but it's not time. And what does that mean for us? There are going to be times in our lives when we are so ready for God to answer that prayer. So ready to see God move in that situation. But God knows all of the missing pieces. He knows all of the the things that have to come into play for those things to come to pass. We don't know the rest of the story, but he does. We may be ready, but it's not time. So let's go back to our story. In verse 28, we go back. When Martha had said these things, her and Jesus had this conversation. Um, He said, where is Mary? Go and bring her to me. So she went to where Mary was and said in private, the teacher is calling for you. And Mary immediately, immediately jumped up and ran to where Jesus was. Now, the people that were with her, crying with her, weeping with her, consoling her, thought that she jumped up and went to go to the tomb of her brother Lazarus. So they followed her. So there's this parade of people heading towards where Jesus was. But when Jesus saw that she was weeping, he was greatly moved, verse 33 says, deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Now this is important for us to understand because when we are broken and hurting and we hear Jesus's voice, whether it's through a song, like it's happened so many times with me, through a sermon, through the words of a friend, through the words of a counselor, through a prayer time, just alone with God. Sometimes it's just the beauty and the nature around me. I can hear the voice of God in a way that moves me and and lets me know that He's there with me. I know that when I come to Him, I'm going to be met with open arms. I love to understand that. I love understanding that when he saw Mary crying, he was moved. And this is important for us to know. For those of us who have this vision of God as being far off and uncaring and unmoving and you know, completely separate from our lives, nothing could be further from the truth. I hope today that I can make you understand that character that just begins with love when it comes to God. Listen to what is written about God. One of the psalmists said in Psalm 56 and 8, it says, God, you have kept track of every toss and turn in my sleepless nights. Every tear is entered into your ledger, each ache written in your book. Now the translation says that you collect our tears in a bottle. Guys, that speaks to me of such a personal Savior, such a personal God. And what is so incredible to understand is that even though Jesus knew what was coming next, he knew what was about to happen. He knew the miracle. He knew the answer that was coming. He was still greatly moved. I I love that. Verse 34 said, and Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Hear this truth. There will always be someone in the crowd that's gonna cast doubt on the love of God. And sometimes it's us. It's it's so true in our lives, right? We, we see God, we know him, we trust him, we love him, but there are going to be times when that doubt is cast there. You see, I preached about this last year, Jesus publicly, um, healed a blind man that it went around all of Jerusalem and, and all of the Israel's, all of the Jews knew this. This was a miracle that had never happened before. So the crowd is saying, if he could do that, why didn't he come to the aid of someone that he loves, someone that he's close with? Why did he not come to do something that he's done for everyone? If he could have done the impossible, if he has done the impossible, why couldn't he have come? But they could not have imagined what jesus was about to do let's finish our story verse 38 says then jesus deeply moved again came to the tomb it was a cave and a stone laid against it so jesus told the men move the stone away but martha concerned spoke up and said jesus it's been four days surely there will be a smell and jesus said something to her that probably changed her life forever it said did i not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God. So they moved the stone away, and Jesus said in a loud voice, speaking to his father, I thank you that you have heard me, Father. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for those around me here. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out with linen strips around his body, and a face and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The miracle of Lazarus coming back from the dead was something that they could never have seen coming. It was going to answer their prayers in a way that they could never have imagined. And I really believe that God will do that in our lives as well. We don't know the rest of the story that he has in mind for us. But it's important since we just celebrated Easter to understand this was the last miracle that Jesus did before going to the cross. And even then, they could never have imagined that after being falsely accused and dying on a cross that three days later, God would raise him as well. It was a foretelling. Lazarus' story was a foretelling of what was going to happen to Jesus. So as we end today, Does the the question in your heart today sound something like this? If God can do these things and these unbelievable stories in the Bible, and to my neighbor, to my aunt, to my friend, will he do those things for me? And the answer today to you is yes. Yes, he will. The truth is as believers, we are more than enough because Jesus is enough and he lives in us. And the last truth that I want to share with you is that God is never swayed by our circumstances. There's never a moment when he says, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. And he's not looking at our circumstances and judging us. Listen to this last truth. Our earthly circumstance does not reflect the depth of his love for us. So here is our challenge. Whatever it is that you need. Whatever it is that you're crying out, Jesus, come. Whatever you're asking him to come into in your life, have it and do it with complete confidence that he loves you more than you can ever know. Psalm 139 and 17 tells us that you are cherished constantly in his every thought. He has seen the rest of your story and it's more amazing than you can ever imagine. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that we can find so many instances in your word that just remind us over and over again, not only of the power, but more importantly, the love that Jesus has for us. I thank you, Father, that you have given us the ability to come to you in prayer and know that you hear us and know that you love us and know that you have a plan for our lives. And Father, I pray for those listening today, Lord, that this would sink deep into their heart and let them know this truth, that it would set them free. We ask this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.
0: We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.